Section 8 of National Geographic Magazine, Volume 2, Numbers 3 to 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Number 4. The Ordnance Survey of Great Britain its history and object part one by josiah pierce junior eighteen sixty one to nineteen o two heading one the institution of national surveys the earliest surveys were not laid down as maps but consisted of catalogues of property which are called terriers of these the doomsday book is the earliest extant had the art of surveying been properly understood at the time of the norman conquest there would probably have been a saxon cadaster along with the doomsday book which was ordered by william the conqueror in the year ten eighty five after this had the king a very large meeting and a very deep consultation with his council about this land how it was occupied and by what sort of men then sent he his men all over england into each shire commissioning them to find out how many hundreds of hides were in the shire what land the king himself had and what stock upon the land or what dues he ought to have by the year from the shire also he commissioned them to record in writing how much land his archbishops had and his diocesan bishops and his abbots and his earls and though i may be prolix and tedious what and how much each man had who was the occupier of land in england either in money or in stock and how much money it was worth so very narrowly indeed did he commission them to trace it out that there was not a single hide nor a yard of land being the fourth part of an acre nay moreover it is shameful to tell though he thought it no shame to do it not even an ox a cow or a swine was there left that was not set down in his writ and all the recorded particulars were afterwards brought to him taken from the saxon chronicle by ingram the publication of the doomsday book was ordered first by george the third in seventeen sixty seven and completed in seventeen eighty three after the discovery of the art of photozincography it was reproduced in facsimile in eighteen sixty four sixty five under the direction of lieutenant-general sir henry james then director of the ordnance survey little change in the art of mensuration or surveying seems to have been made until the early part of the seventeenth century when simple boundary-line maps accompanied the terriers of the surveys made in ireland in sixteen thirty four by order of lord stafford then viceroy great improvements were introduced about that time in sweden by gustavus adolphus 
which must have become known to cromwell for in sixteen fifty four the down survey as it was called comprised maps of the townlands and baronies over two-thirds of the surface of ireland that is comprehending about twenty million of english acres it may not be uninteresting or irrelevant to bestow a few remarks upon the development and methods of surveying in the seventeenth century many of which have descended with little modification to the present day when man first conceived the idea of owning real property the art of geometry or surveying became a necessity interest in other worlds than our own and the measurement of time led to the development of the science of astronomy and of graduated instruments for measuring angles many of the most refined modern instruments are but slight modifications of original arabian models and the practice of linear surveying or the subdivision of land into triangles and geometrical figures whose area could be computed has been carried on without modification for centuries the greatest development took place after the introduction of artillery in the methods and instruments used for trigonometrical surveying or range-finding every principle which is to-day known and applied in the construction and use of modern trigonometrical surveying instruments can be traced in a modified form to the construction and application of the instruments of the sixteenth and seventeenth centuries in the practice of artillery the first important question is the distance or range of the enemy as in war it was clearly impossible to obtain the same by direct linear measurement instruments were devised for measuring the range trigonometrically all based on the calculation of a single triangle the base and two angles of which could be measured these instruments were simply modified to the extent of furnishing in the instrument itself a constant base or angle so that only one or at most two measurements were necessary the one instrument that has received the greatest development in the modern type is the quadrant a simple graduated arc from whose centre was suspended a plumb line or which carried a movable arm with raised sights for measuring horizontal or inclined angles this arm has retained the name al hidada derived from the arabic such was the trigonometrical instrument used by the earliest navigators and astronomers for determining latitudes and by surveyors and artillerists for finding ranges in the latter part of the sixteenth century thomas diggs surveyor and author conceived the idea of combining two such graduated arcs in one instrument the one placed horizontally and the other in a vertical plane the whole supported on a rigid stand or tripod and he called the same his theodolitus which is said by de morgan to have been the origin of the name of the modern instrument 
in the earliest books in the practice of artillery and of surveying the crescent of the dreaded moor appears in the woodcuts illustrating range-finding or trigonometrical surveying generally floating over the tower of some captured castle or town which it is desired to bombard this clearly demonstrated that the chief use of trigonometrical instruments was for military purposes among the instruments of surveying of this period which became practically obsolete in england in the present century but which is most widely used elsewhere is the plane table unquestionably one of the earliest instruments invented for measuring or recording angles at the period fifteen seventy when the germans claim that it was invented by pretorius a professor of the university of nuremberg it was unquestionably in use in england and it is mentioned by thomas diggs in his pantometria published in fifteen ninety as a platting instrument for such as are ignorant of arithmetical calculations on the relative merits of the theodolite and plane table authorities still differ throughout europe great activity in the development of the practical applications of geometry soon followed the exchange of ideas brought about by the introduction of printing side by side with the important geographical discoveries of the age came the minor improvements in scientific instruments which rendered national surveys and geodetic operations possible at a later period with trifling modifications the instruments devised by durer newton and galileo are in common use to-day gradual improvements can be traced in the application of surveying to military and civil purposes to mapping the campaigns of louis the fourteenth and marlborough and laying down the forfeited estates in ireland by william the third until in seventeen twenty nine the first national survey on a large scale for public and private purposes was commenced in savoy and piedmont by victor amadee the second whereon nine years were occupied the method of large surveys obtained the name of cadastre or terrier map it was suggested for france in seventeen sixty three but was only commenced in that country in seventeen ninety three the exact derivation and meaning of the french term cadastre are not free from dispute some authorities refer it to the verb cadre to square or correspond with all objects on a large scale plan or cadastre being shown in their true position and proportions whereas in a mere topographical map similar accuracy is impossible and certain features must need be exaggerated for the sake of distinctness the dictionnaire des dictionnaires on the other hand derives cadastre formerly capdastre from the medieval latin word capitastrum from caput or head because formerly people were taxed and afterwards property and defines it as a public register 
containing the quantity and value of landed property names of owners etc and which serves for the assessment of the tax on property in proportion to its revenue in the recaya des lois et instruction sur la contribution directe the cadastre is defined as a plan from which the area of land may be computed and from which its revenue may be valued this there is no doubt is the sense in which the word is used on the continent while in england it is taken as denoting generally a survey on a large scale it was not until long after the organization of the ordnance survey that it became a cadastral survey its organization at first was distinctly for military purposes and the extension of its operations to cover all national needs only attained after years of discussion and struggle for existence the credit of originating and carrying into execution the first tangible project for a systematic topographical survey of part of the kingdom is divided between two engineer officers both at the time holding distinguished positions on the staff of the british army the idea would seem to have followed close upon the sanguinary termination at culloden of the forty five rebellion by which the fate of the house of stuart was decided in the reign of george the second it was doubtless the outcome of that unhappy rising for it contemplated a general map of the scottish highlands precisely those parts of the country in which the heart and soul of the insurrectionary movement had all along centred the difficulties of moving troops through these wild mountain districts and without any clear knowledge of the passes connecting the glens and fastnesses or of the correct distances intervening would have been enormously lessened by the possession of good maps the survey of this wild and inaccessible region was undertaken in seventeen forty seven by lieutenant-general watson an engineer ably assisted by william roy who afterwards played a distinguished part in the earlier geodetic work of the ordnance survey the map at first intended to be confined to the highlands only was at last extended to the lowlands and thus made general in what related to the mainland of scotland the islands except some lesser ones near the coast not having been surveyed it is spoken of by lieutenant-colonel white in his excellent book on the ordnance survey as a piece of work which appears to have been excellently carried out as far as it went qualified by the remark of roy that owing to the comparative inferiority of the instruments used and the inadequacy of the annual grants provided for the survey it is rather to be considered as a magnificent military sketch than a very accurate map of the country the survey of scotland was interrupted by the breaking out in seventeen fifty five 
of another of england's intermittent wars with france that which gained her canada and the work was never completed on the conclusion of the peace of seventeen sixty three writes general roy it came for the first time under the consideration of government to make a general survey of the whole island at the public cost but for reasons not assigned the twelve years interval of peace before the outbreak in seventeen seventy five of the american war of independence was allowed to pass away without anything being done there the matter remained in abeyance until after renewed hostilities with france and spain peace was negotiated in seventeen eighty three the trigonometrical survey of great britain may be said to have begun one hundred and six years ago astronomers of that day were desirous that the difference of longitude between the greenwich and paris observatories should be ascertained by trigonometrical measurement and under the auspices of the king and of the royal society general roy of the royal engineers in april seventeen eighty four began the task by the measurement of a base-line on hounslow heath which was to serve as the starting-point of a series of triangles to be extended to dover and across the channel this work was carried out a connection with the french triangulation being established in seventeen eighty six soon after this the government decided on having a general survey made of the entire kingdom on the scale of one inch to one mile for military purposes and general roy's triangulation in the southeastern counties became the basis of the great triangulation which was gradually extended over the whole of the british isles and finished in eighteen fifty three the one inch survey was carried northward through england and wales under the successive superintendence of artillery and engineer officers and by eighteen twenty four had reached the southern borders of yorkshire and lincolnshire at this time it became necessary that a survey of ireland should be made on a large scale as a basis for general land valuation on the recommendation of colonel colby then director the scale of six inches to one mile was agreed upon the work in england was suspended and the force transferred to ireland it appears from a report of colonel colby in eighteen forty that the purposes for which the english and irish surveys were designed were gradually developed and not all originally known the principal triangulation on which the survey of south britain had been based was partly designed for astronomical purposes and partly for a map on small scale the detailed plans were commenced by officers of the royal engineers partly for the purpose of practising them in military drawing and partly for the purpose of making plans for the use of the ordnance 
the publication of some parts of this map on the scale of one inch to one mile created a desire among the public to possess better maps than had formerly existed this led to the employment of civilian surveyors to advance the progress of the map and it was found necessary at great additional expense to revise and correct these contract plans the work did not possess the accuracy demanded by the admiralty in forming the basis of their coast surveys for the geological survey or the civil engineers as a military map its publication during war was suspended and its continuance became a matter of doubt in time of peace at one time the gentlemen of lincolnshire and rutlandshire proposed to the government to proceed with the map of their district out of its regular turn upon condition of their becoming subscribers for a certain number of copies these gentlemen partly wished for the map for their use in hunting and partly for the improvement of the country in marking out the drainage of the fens prejudices existed which could be traced back to the norman conquest and doomsday survey against the right of a surveyor to enter a private estate and in the early contract plans for the english maps the surveyors neglected the survey of the lesser streams to obviate the inconvenience of trespassing and to save themselves trouble these were some of the causes of delay expense and insufficiency which had operated against the earlier surveys the survey of ireland began in eighteen twenty five under far more favourable circumstances than the ordnance map of england and wales the triangulation commenced from a more accurate base-line than any preceding triangulation and was designed to serve as a basis for any future survey in any scale however large the house of commons passed an act defining its principal object prescribing a legal mode for ascertaining the boundaries which were to be surveyed granting the surveyor's power to enter lands for the purposes of the survey and preventing the removal of the objects used the earlier methods of military surveying were abandoned and new instruments and a system were devised for its execution it is important to note that the organization of the irish survey marked an important epoch in the history of the ordnance survey viz its change from a topographic to a cadastral survey in ireland subordinate to the parishes there is an internal division of smaller denomination called townlands which are very frequently but not uniformly contemnous with property the townland was the lowest unit of taxation for country purposes of an average size of two hundred or three hundred acres and originally the map was to be simply a topographic map containing the boundaries of the townlands the roads the streams and the houses 
with a view to the valuation of ireland for the county assessment the six inch was considered to be the smallest scale that could be available for that purpose there was no intention in the original irish survey to insert the fields but when the valuation began it was found by the valuators that additional minuteness was necessary to enable them to subdivide the townlands into the qualities of lands of which they consisted and more especially that the boundary between the cultivated and uncultivated portions ought to be inserted on the maps with great accuracy this rendered necessary a very extensive revision which was undertaken in eighteen thirty and it became a survey by fields instead of townlands this was clearly a wide and most important departure from the original intention of the six-inch survey in ireland and it is not to be doubted that general colby who would not trust to paper measurements for the areas of entire townlands would have adopted at the very outset for his manuscript plans of these minute subdivisions a scale much larger than that of six inches to one mile the engraving of the six-inch survey appears to have resulted from a demand for six copies of one sheet for valuation purposes when it was found that it would be as cheap to engrave it as to make that number of copies so valuable did the six-inch map of ireland prove for many purposes over and above that for which it had been originally designed that in eighteen forty when the irish survey was completed and that of england resumed the government gave their consent to the adoption of the same scale for the unsurveyed parts of great britain by eighteen fifty one yorkshire lancashire the isle of lewis and several counties in the south of scotland were finished on the six-inch scale then began that long controversy which has been well termed the battle of the scales and which for eleven or twelve years retarded the progress of the survey and led to a large waste of public money during the time that the ordnance surveyors were engaged in making their six-inch map of lancashire and yorkshire they were called upon and employed to make at the expense of the landowners twenty-three plans of parishes and townships on the scale of twenty-six and two-third inches to one mile for the tithe commutation it was even found that the plan of london made for the metropolitan commissioners of sewers on the scale of sixty inches or five feet to one mile was inapplicable to house drainage within the area between eighteen fifty one and eighteen fifty two no fewer than three select committees and one royal commission deliberated on the scale for the survey and fourteen blue books were presented to parliament the main point of the controversy was whether the six inch or some larger scale was best fitted for the national map 
a host of persons eminent in science were consulted on the subject and a great diversity of opinion was found to exist the weight of evidence however inclining by a majority of four to one to a scale of from twenty to twenty-six and two-third inches to a mile in eighteen fifty three a statistical conference held at brussels and attended by twenty-six delegates from the chief states of europe considered the question of national maps or cadastres and pronounced unanimously in favour of a scale of one two thousand five hundredths of nature equivalent to about twenty-five and one-third inches to a mile recommending at the same time that the cadastre on this scale should be accompanied by a more general map on the scale of one ten thousandths equivalent to about six and one-third inches to a mile and thus very nearly corresponding to the six-inch scale of the ordnance survey the scale finally adopted of one over two thousand five hundred on which the whole of england has at last been surveyed is one which corresponds with that adopted for the national maps and plans of the chief countries for europe lastly it possessed the incidental advantage that a square acre is to all practical intents represented on the plans by a square inch among the many public purposes which the national map was expected to subserve are the following the valuation of property for the equitable adjustment of taxation and assessment the sale and transfer of land and the registration of title railway and other civil engineering work such as the construction of roads and canals large sanitary and drainage schemes military engineering works hydrographical geological and mineral surveys the reclamation and improvement of wastelands and of land from the sea transactions affecting land as between landlord and tenant statistical surveys the setting out and adjustment of parochial and other public boundaries and so forth it has been amply proved on the best evidence that a map with levels on a scale of something like twenty-five inches to one mile is the smallest which can properly fulfil all these requirements in the organization and equipment of the ordnance survey as it exists to-day no pains are spared to secure the utmost precision and economy in its methods of field work and publication after more than a century of development and the completion of the cadastral map let it not be supposed that its mission is at an end for it is proposed to make a complete revision of all the cadastral work at least once every twenty years this is rendered necessary by the constant changes in property boundaries and the growth of population which may be gathered from the fact that the city of london increases in population at the rate of about fifty thousand a year and that eighty or more miles of new streets are added in the same time
End of section eight. Recording by Steve Chilvers, Norwich, England.